Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Carrie Martin. Glad to have you back for another edition of Texas Ag Today. I'm your host, Kerry Martin, along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. From the piney woods of East Texas out to the rocky ranges of the Trans-Pecos. And from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley. In recent years, the Texas High Plains has seen a big shift in acres toward cotton. Now there's thinking we might see some switching back to grains. I'm James Hunt and I'll bring you that story on Texas Ag Today. Rolling Plains winter wheat doing well despite La Nina drought across the state. I'm Tom Nicoletti and I'll have that story on Texas Ag Today. This is Jim Hearn in the Rio Grande Valley. Extreme South Texas closes the book on 2020. Those stories and more in today's report. We'll have those stories plus the latest news from Washington, Texas wildlife news, and a complete look at the markets all coming up. General sign-up for the Conservation Reserve Program is now open. USDA Farm Service Agency Administrator Richard Fordyce says it will remain open through February 12th. Not a long time, but I think long enough for folks that have an interest in the general CRP sign-up to participate. Fordyce says the sign-up process is competitive. And we look at the rankings, how many points did those offers get, and then we'll set the cutoff and begin notifying those landowners that were successful with their offer. So when we talk about that score, that score comes by how the points rank in that environmental benefits index. Texas led the nation during last year's general CRP sign-up in rolling nearly 540,000 acres into the program. Will Texas High Plains farmers go bigger for grain production in 2021? James Hunt has one expert's opinion on that. I think the acreage battle is going to be one of the biggest questions facing our producers this year. That's Texas A&M AgriLife economist Justin Benavidez talking about one of the most talked about topics in area agriculture. With grain prices looking pretty enticing at the present time and cotton around the region having been hit hard by bad weather the past two seasons, will the Texas High Plains see a shift in acres here in 2021? Dr. Benavidez does point out a lot could happen in the months between now and planting time. But today, I do think we see more grain planting if people are deciding today. The heightened interest in grains is perfectly understandable, with futures prices for corn perched well above $4 a bushel and sorghum commanding a premium above corn. And Dr. Benavidez says there's reason to expect grain prices to have some staying power due to multiple factors, including tight domestic supplies. I think we're at about 42 days of use on hand of corn, which you get below 40 days and you begin to see biofuel era level prices. So, I mean, we are approaching high priced grains coupled with we're dry. Um, most of West Texas and most of the Western United States is incredibly dry. And so supply shortages, some tight stocks, as well as demand fundamentals coming out of major international demand for our crops is leading to high prices. And Dr. Benavidez believes their support for grain prices, even if China backs away from its buying spree. If China 
China backs out and stops making these purchases, you know, they satisfy their need for reserves or what their market demand is, we might see those prices fall back. That premium from those Chinese purchases might be liquidated. But because of the supply side fundamentals, we will still see higher crop prices in 2021 than 2020 or 2019. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Winter wheat in the rolling plains of Texas is doing well so far this growing season, despite the La Nina weather pattern. Tom Nicoletti has more. According to the latest Texas Drought Monitor, much of the state remains very dry as the winter of 2020 turned to 2021. Exceptional and extreme drought cover many counties in the Trans-Pecos, from El Paso to Big Bend, northward through the region bordering New Mexico, into the South Plains and southern Texas Panhandle. Several counties in west-central Texas to the Mexican border and down in south Texas are also in the extreme drought category. Much of the remainder of the state is abnormally dry or in moderate to severe drought status. Barry Mahler reports now on the situation in the rolling plains of Texas. Even though there are plenty of places across Texas that are seeing dry to actual drought conditions, things are in pretty good shape across much of the rolling plains after a couple of late December storms left rain and snow across the region. Now, that doesn't mean that a dry area can't be found, but it's not as widespread as areas in central west and parts of the panhandle areas of the state. Even though things are looking good right now with good stands of winter wheat and the cotton harvest pretty well wrapped up, there are predictions of La Nina conditions showing up that might bring a change in months to come. Now, La Nina is a weather phenomenon that tends to bring warmer and drier weather to the rolling plains and southern plains areas of Texas, and history shows that it can range from mild to strong in its effect on crop selection and performance, and the performance of crops always vary along those same lines, mild to strong. Now, not to get too technical, most of us heard about the situation where cooling waters in the Pacific change the way storms develop and move across the western and central United States, and the predictions have gotten better over the years as to the effect that it has on our crops. Noah is saying right now that this may be a moderate to strong event, and it should have influence on our weather through the winter and into June of 2021. Now, before you shrug off the effect of a La Nina or on ag production, just remember that the record 2011 drought was following a strong La Nina event, and that sure gets my attention. So how could this affect our decisions here on the Rolling Plains? Well, I've asked several producers here in North Texas, and the number one answer was, make sure you have your federal crop insurance coverage in place and up to date. Now, after that, I find farmers looking to graze out as much of their wheat production as uh, they can to get ahead of drought problems in the spring, and others are working to conserve all the moisture they can on cotton acres to try to help emerge and get the crop through the mid and late summer rains because we know they'll come after this is over. And, and then there's even the consideration of maybe more grain sorghum being planted, maybe as a late summer crop for more drought-resistant production of grain and certainly the forage it brings. I know there's a lot of things to worry about in Texas agriculture. But the good news is that I think I'm finding producers that are looking at it and trying to make plans for it. They're taking it seriously, and they're working on a plan. So maybe this will all work out after all. We'll just have to because we've got to keep carrying on to feed a hungry world. That is Barry Mauler reporting for us today from Wichita Falls. I'm Tom Nicoletti with the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. South Texas farmers and ranchers have closed the book on a very tough year. Jim Hearn has more from the Rio Grande Valley. Valley Agriculture is finally closing the book on 2020, and a lot of folks will be glad to have this year in our rearview mirrors. 
Currently, the valley is seeing a series of cool fronts move through. Our lowest temperature for the season, 36 degrees, cold by our standards. But even with the cool mornings, we've had daytime highs still, 70s and 80s. Of concern, though, is that the fronts are blowing through dry and we're in extreme need of rain. Irrigation crews remain very busy and harvesting of citrus, sugarcane, and vegetables continue. As we look back at 2020, the big story is Hurricane Hannah, which moved ashore July 24th as a Category 1 hurricane. And there was a silver lining to the storm. It was that 95% of the valley sorghum and corn were harvested, but Devastation to the valley's cotton crop was almost unbelievable. The cotton was defoliated, and it would be then in excellent defoliation, except, though, Hannah's 85-mile-per-hour winds blew almost all the bowls right out of off the plants. When the final tally was in, we lost 92% of the valley cotton. 35 to 40% of valley citrus was lost. The citrus crop... Well, too immature to even juice, so the fruit was a total loss. The water debt with Mexico finally settled in October. Mexico agreed to pay its back water debt on its five-year cycle. Mexican farmers and storekeepers attacked dams on the Rio Alamo to keep from sending that water downstream. The violence shows just how much water has become a critical issue to both of the countries. This is Jim Hearn reporting from the Rio Grande Valley for Texas Ag Today. The American Farm Bureau Federation will hold its first ever virtual convention this weekend. Michael Clements reports from Washington. The 2021 American Farm Bureau Federation Virtual Annual Convention kicks off this weekend, with some events starting Friday. Farm Bureau President Zippy Duvall says the theme, Stronger Together, highlights the importance of uniting during tough times. What it means is even in a difficult year, we find ways to unite and focus on the issues that we're facing and find solutions to it, whether it be through policy or whether it just be through working with federal departments to find an answer to that question. And Stronger Together means that even through technology, we can meet face-to-face and talk about those issues and find those solutions. Duvall says the convention boasts roughly 50 speakers presenting 20 breakout sessions. Just like an in-person convention, we're expected to have top-of-the-line communications on the hottest issues. And then we have three keynotes. Mike Rowe from Dirty Jobs will be with us. Roark Denver, who's a Navy SEAL, is going to be there to motivate us and inspire us. And then, of course, Beth Ford, Land of Lakes President and CEO, will be doing a fireside chat with me about issues that American agriculture faces. The event also includes a virtual showcase taking the place of a trade show. Duvall says you can register and follow the convention online for free. Farmer leaders from around the country never had the opportunity to go to national convention is going to have the opportunity to experience what our national convention does every year and the information that comes through that. And that information will be available for 90 days after the convention. And we're inviting people that are not members, that are just interested in agriculture and to learn more about what farmers and ranchers do to supply them with food each and every day. Learn more and register at annualconvention.fb.org. Michael Clements, Washington. The Conservation Reserve Program helps build wildlife habitat across the U.S. I'm Jessica Dolmel, and I have that story coming up on Texas Ag Today. And a recent study found that cats can transmit COVID-19 to other cats. Texas veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd will have more on that coming up next. Keep it here on Texas Ag Today. Parenting is full of surprises. You never know what to expect. 
So after our son was born, I called my Texas Farm Bureau insurance agent to set up a life insurance policy in case something happened to me. Sawyer is now two. And we'll soon have a sister. There's no one else I would trust with protecting my family. Visit Texas Farm Bureau Insurance today at tfbinsurance.com for an agent you can trust with life's most important decisions. Coverage and discounts are subject to qualifications and policy terms and may vary by situation. We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. We're constantly learning about how COVID-19 transmits between humans, from humans to animals, and now from animals to other animals. A recent study found that cats can transmit COVID-19 to other cats. Veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has more. A recent study at Kansas State found that cat-to-cat transmission of the COVID-19 virus is possible even in cats that do not show any clinical symptoms. Most cats do not show clinical disease if infected with COVID-19, but can still transmit the virus to other cats, as it is present in oral and nasal secretions and feces. There is still no evidence that cats or dogs can transmit the virus to people. Domestic cats, as well as wild cats and even large cats, such as lions and tigers, can transmit the infection to other cats. This is a concern because of the large number of cats in homes that can expose people to the virus. We do know that infected humans can spread the virus to cats, and this is important, with 95 million house cats in the United States and over 100 million feral cats. The Centers for Disease Control indicates that the efficient transmission between domestic cats is a concern for animal and public health. It is good that most cats seem to develop immunity after infection and usually do not get infected a second time. The study also showed that pigs are unlikely to be significant carriers of the virus. More work is being done to determine if pigs, cats, and other animals can transmit the virus to people, as this would be a concern if that was possible. It seems likely that animals living in a home with a COVID-positive person would potentially have the virus on their hair coat at least, and this could be picked up by other animals and other people. However, this does not indicate these people would become infected, as this has to do with immunity of the person, dose of the virus, and the area of exposure to the virus. If your cat has virus on the coat and you wash your hands, exposure would be unlikely. I'm Dr. Bob Judd. This is the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. The Conservation Reserve Program helps build wildlife habitat, and the latest sign-up for it is underway now. Jessica Domel has more in today's Wildlife Report. Sign-up is underway for a program that encourages conservation and promotes wildlife habitat on private lands. The Conservation Reserve Program, or CRP, is a competitive program administered by the U.S. Department of Agriculture's Farm Service Agency. It provides rental payments to eligible landowners who devote their enrolled acreage to conservation practices. FSA Administrator Richard Fordyce says the program encourages conservation on sensitive lands or low-yielding areas. He said that provides tremendous benefits for stewardship of our natural resources and wildlife. Farmers and ranchers who are enrolled in CRP establish long-term resource-conserving plant species to help control soil erosion, improve water quality, and enhance wildlife habitat. General CRP sign-up is underway. It includes increased opportunities for wildlife habitat enrollment through the State Acres for Wildlife Enhancement, or SAFE, initiative. Through SAFE, landowners establish wetlands, grasses, and trees designed to enhance important wildlife populations by creating habitat and food sources. 
according to FSA, safe target species that are listed as threatened or endangered. It also provides important habitat for deer and other game animals and pollinators. Eligibility requirements are listed on the FSA website. The deadline to sign up for CRP at an FSA office is February 12th. Again, the deadline to sign up for CRP at a Farm Service Agency office is February 12th. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. It was a mixed trade in the cattle markets on Tuesday with live cattle closing mixed, feeder cattle mostly lower. The cotton market closed mixed also, but the corn market continues to climb higher. We'll update all of the livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next, right here on Texas Ag Today. Truck drivers, if you're stuck on a railroad crossing, don't just sit there. It takes a freight train more than a mile to stop, even in an emergency. So by the time you hear this, it could be too late to save your truck and maybe your license or your life. Instead, immediately get out of your truck, away from the tracks, and call the number on the emergency sign at the crossing. That gives the railroad a chance to stop trains before they get to you. Always call the emergency number. It could save your truck, your license, and your life. Go to OLI.org for info. We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today. The cattle market traded both sides on Wednesday. We ended up closing mixed in live cattle, mostly lower for feeder cattle. February live cattle down a nickel, 115 even. The April up 17 cents at 119.27. June live cattle up 27, closing at 114.95. January feeder cattle down 90 cents, 135.77. March feeders down 85, 136.57. The April down 75 cents. 138.62. Cash fed cattle market still quiet on Wednesday. The feedlots asking 114 to 115 here in the south. No asking prices reported yet up north. The online fed cattle exchange sold on Wednesday. They had 1,142 head listed, but very few of those sold. Only 42 head sold, and all of those were Texas cattle. They sold at 112. Boxed beef prices mixed choice down 62 cents, 205.28. The select up 13 at 196.62. Let's check some auction barns now. Brazos Valley Livestock Commission, Bryan, Texas, selling 706 head this week. The trend steady to higher. Two to three weight steers, $1.68 to $1.95 a pound. Three to four weight steers, $1.68 to $1.90. Four to five hundred pounders, a dollar fifty to a dollar eighty-seven a pound. Five to six weight steers, a dollar twenty-eight to a dollar fifty-one. Six to seven hundred pounders, a dollar ten to a dollar thirty. And the heavy seven to eight weight steers, a dollar twelve to a dollar seventeen a pound. Slaughter cows, thirty-three to fifty-seven cents. Slaughter bulls, sixty-five to eighty-six. Stocker cows, eight hundred to ten fifty a head. Cow calf pairs nine fifty to eight twenty five a pair. Let's head down south now. Gulf Coast Livestock Auction, Alice, Texas, seven hundred thirty five head sold. The trend steady to higher. Two to three weight steers, a dollar forty to a dollar sixty a pound. Three to four weights, a dollar thirty seven to a dollar sixty four. Four to five hundred pounders, a dollar thirty to a dollar fifty eight. Five to six weight steers, a dollar twenty two to a dollar forty five. 
six to seven hundred pounders, a dollar eight to a dollar thirty-eight, and the seven to eight weight steers ninety-three cents to a dollar twenty a pound. Slaughter cows eighteen to fifty-five cents. Slaughter bulls sixty-seven to eighty. Stocker cows seven hundred to nine hundred a head. Cow calf pairs seven fifty to eleven hundred a pair. Now back over to the futures market. Lean hog futures lower on Wednesday. February hogs down a dollar fifteen sixty-nine seventy-seven. April down a dollar ten at seventy-three dollars even. Class three milk futures higher. January milk up forty-four cents sixteen sixty-one a hundredweight. The February took a big jump up a dollar nineteen at nineteen oh six. The cotton market continues strong. We had a mixed close. However, we're still holding above 80 cents on those nearby contracts. The March contract down 29 points at 80.06. May cotton down 16, 80.85. December cotton up 10 points, 76.21 cents. The wheat market closing lower for both hard and soft wheat. July Kansas City wheat down four and a half, six oh nine and three quarters. July Chicago wheat down one and a quarter, six thirty-nine. The corn market, however, continues to climb. A weak dollar, strong demand helping corn prices. Spillover support from soybeans also helping corn prices. The March contract traded above $5. That's the first time we've seen that since 2014. It traded as high as 502 and three quarters. It settled back at 495 a bushel. September corn up three and a half, 455 and a half. December corn up two and three quarters, 441 and a quarter. In the energy markets, February natural gas up a penny, 271. February crude oil up 45 at 5038 a barrel. The financial markets seeing record territory. The Dow Jones Industrial Average up 437 points, 30,829. The NASDAQ down 78. 12,740. The S&P 500 up 21 at 3,748. That wraps up our look at the markets, and that wraps up this edition of Texas Ag Today. Thanks for joining us. Remember, we'll be right back here next time to bring you all of the latest news in Texas agriculture. Hope to see you then. I'm Kerry Martin, and this is Texas Ag Today. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website at texasfarmbureau.org or tfbradio.com. Texas Ag Today is a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.